ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? podcast i'm your host gb and today is a special episode why because not i haven't got just one guest but i've got two for the first time ever i am joined by a tag team not just a tag team not just any the tag team of the nightmare factory you see them you see them right there azaro grillo and hunter not please give up tsf how you doing today lads you're good what a wonderful yeah. introduction! I know, right? You couldn't ask for it much better. Oh my God! Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I think that's the highlight. You want to come on, uh, come on tour with us and uh, just be our personal announcer? Yeah. Oh my Let's God! Let's do it, boys. I'll sack <laughs> off my job. Guys. Hopefully, my manager's not listening to this. But <laughs> we're good, though. We're good, man. Thank yeah, you man. very much for having me on. Shout out yes. to Big Trouble Ben Bishop for hooking. Yeah, us up. yeah. We've got a mutual friend. He hooked up the uh, the interview. How do you know the big man? By the way, I've got to ask. So uh, I'm. We met him at dark mm-hmm. i think we met him at dark when they were shooting in jacksonville and uh i don't know if you follow barstool at all but he's managed by brandon walker who works yeah. at park so i had met brandon a couple days before i met ben i think it was the double or nothing pay-per-view yeah. or the revolution pay-per-view mm-hmm. uh we had met him down there and we were talking i'm a big stoolie like i'm wearing a barstool shirt right now like i love barstool so we met brandon walker and we're talking with him and then i think the following week we happened to see ben and he was like hey brandon walker says hi and then we just hit it off from there I'm just trying so hard not to say Braden Walker. <laughs> like the wrestling nerd in me, just like, knock, knock, who's there? Braden Walker. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me, that's terrible. Anyone doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about, by the way, it's on YouTube. First few results, Braden Walker. I've literally just made your night. Um, but no, that's cool. <laughs> ben, uh, ben is a, he's a lovely guy. I had him before yes. on the show. Brilliant guest. But we're going to have a special episode today. Want to go back to what I said in the beginning, TSF. Now, I'm going to assume safely you, you get asked all the time. But I want to see, like, if I get a different answer because I feel like this is a special podcast. So I want to ask, what kind of suggestions do people give you when they want to know what TSM, TSF stands for? So, I mean, there's so many. I know there's so, and it's whatever you want it to be, honestly. Like the star factor, that's one. These seasonal fellows. Another one, the special future, try succeed fortune, the stars of the future. We can just go down the list, man. So nice. I like that. I like that. Try succeed fortune. I like that. We, I mean, you know, depends where we are. Sometimes it's these stupid fans. Sometimes it's these smart fans. You know, it depends what kind of mood we're in. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I do like that. It's got no specific meaning. Don't leave it to yourself to think what it actually stands for. Kind of reminds me of um, what's in BT like F. T-T-R, or was it F-T-R-R, one of those things, and just yeah. everyone was on Reddit, like, what the hell does it mean? And I can imagine people doing about your name. So I, I like it. You, you don't get that a lot in wrestling, but you just have to explain yourself and think. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's awesome. So before we discuss you becoming a tag team and your wrestling careers that you are enjoying right now, let's have a chat and find out what made you both wrestling fans in the first place. So who wants to answer first? All right. So there's going to be, as always, two different eras here. Um, so I actually got into wrestling when I was about nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, this was when John Cena and the Nexus era was going on. And I was a very, very big fan of John Cena as a kid. Um, he kind of made me fall in love with wrestling. Like I liked how he was a role model to everybody. If that makes sense, that really made yeah, me. Yeah, no, it does. Everybody yeah. else too. Um, so just seeing that as a kid was like, man, like I would love to do that in the future. 
And I fell out of wrestling probably around 13, 14, as most do. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of just take a break, you know, focus on high school, all that good stuff, sports. And then I picked it back up, I think, in about, like, 2019 when AEW first became th- like a thing. And uh, I saw everything that they were doing. And I was like, wow, there's so much more than WWE out there. Yeah. So, like, you know what? Maybe I can give it a shot because there really wasn't anything else going on in my life right now. College was expensive, you know. Everything else in the world is expensive. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I can and, uh, make it. Awesome. Awesome. Zara, what's your story? What made you a fan? Again, like you said, different generation gap. So when he was nine, I was 16. So we mm-hmm. different errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started watching when I was six or seven in 2000. I, I, always, you know, I always say it, December 6, 2001. First segment I ever saw was The Rock and Vince McMahon doing the Kiss My Behind Club. Uh, where the rock you could say ass, don't worry. <laughs> when uh, Rock made Vince kiss Rikishi's ass, and that was the first time I ever saw wrestling, and I was like, oh my god! Was oh, that when Vince gets excited because he thinks he's going to be kissing Trish Stratus? So yep, yep. And then he brings out Jr. and then ends up being Rikishi. I don't know why. That's the first <clears throat> first time I ever watched wrestling, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. And that's what and, hooked you into it. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and during during COVID. Uh, when you know, we were in lockdown, there's not much to do. And I actually went back and started watching wrestling from that day. So like every now and then like I'll watch I do an order raw smackdown in the pay-per-view. And I think I'm almost at I'm in like December of two thousand two right now. So it's kind of cool just to go back and rewatch that. Uh but similar to Hunter, I fell out probably in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. uh right when Punk left. I kinda was like Punk's my favorite, you know, if he's not there, I don't really care too much. I still watch, I still went to shows when I became the jersey. Uh, WrestleMania 29. I know Punk was still there, but I went to that one. I went to WrestleMania 35. Didn't care too much because you know when your favorite guy leaves, it's you know what is there to do. And they, you know, they had some stars, but Cena was overdone, and the Shield was really cool. And I liked the Y family, but mm. no one met the level of Punk. And then when Cody left and he started going to the Indies and Ring of Honor in New Japan, I discovered that oh, there's a world outside of WWE. There's a lot. You know, there's some amazing wrestlers and amazing shows and started watching Wrestle Kingdom. And then I would go to, I went to my first indie show and yeah, Cody ended up bringing me back into wrestling and, you know, full circle. Not mm-hmm. only did he bring me back to wrestling, he's also the one I learned wrestling from. In the Nightmare Factory, we will talk about that yeah. um, in just a second. Uh, actually, I'm, I've never really had it sort of explained and sort of been told that people have actually sort of stopped watching wrestling. You know, I actually stopped watching it when Eddie Guerrero passed for a bit. Just after that, I mean, I showed you the photo, uh, meeting him as well. But, I mean, your gear is actually inspired by Latino Heat. I mean, yeah. what is it, if there's a listener out there, and I'm going to be absolutely stunned, but you'd be surprised, that doesn't really know too much about Eddie Guerrero, if you can explain to them what made him so special. To me, what made Eddie special was that he didn't see himself as, like, you know, he wasn't the, he was never the big guy. You know, he wasn't. Six five, and but he was jacked to the gills, and he had the heart, and he had the legacy, and he had the determination, and I think that's what a lot of people lacked, mm-hmm. is that no matter what, he worked his butt off, and he he was the guy, and he saw himself as the guy. He knew he could be the guy, and he just you know until he got that opportunity, he just worked and worked and worked until finally you know he got the big opportunity against Lesnar at No Way Out, and you know he finally won the big one, and that's one of my favorite memories ever. But you know Eddie had the biggest heart, and it wasn't just passion for wrestling it was just passion for people he loved and people he cared about and yeah there's very rarely do you hear a bad story about eddie he was such a caring and loving person and he took care of his family he took care of his friends and Mm. 
he took care of you in the ring and he was just a phenomenal all-around wrestler and every time he wrestled it was a story and that you know that lacks nowadays people just go out and wrestle but anytime eddie was in that ring it was like i'm gonna lie i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna steal i'm gonna bang yeah. the chair there was no one like him right? and you still see yeah. his influence today you know i mean yeah. you, you both had the pleasure of meeting chavo and sort of you yes know, i mean how was that for you both so it was wild to me um unfortunately i really didn't get to see much of like los guerreros growing up because i yeah. fell into their era um but going back and watching some of their matches like and especially us being a tag team now like we try to pick up a lot of things from the past and they're a team that we really try to pick up stuff on so getting to meet him personally was mind-blowing to me because I think that was really like the first first star from the past that we met. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to say like that. Like and to starting. I know, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But like we were, we were at an indie show, Larry, uh, Larry Ada Pro, which is Doc Gallo's promotion. And uh, I didn't know Chavo was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was either, I think earlier that week, we had just came back from AEW. So I met Vicky there. And then the following Saturday, I met Chavo. And so, like you said, my gear has Eddie's flames on them. Also, underneath my tights, I wear the EG armband right on my right knee. Yeah. I have, like, Eddie with me at all times. When I saw Chavo, I don't mark out for, for people. And not that I'm marked out for Chavo, but I just kind of, you know, he was by himself. And, I, you know, I didn't want to do it in front of everyone. So I just went up to him and I introduced myself. And I was like, hey, I, I've never done this before, but... Los Guerreros is one of my favorite tag teams. Like, you guys have influenced me and my tag team partner. Like Eddie was my favorite. That's why I have the flames on my tights for, for you guys. And I wear his armband. And he was just so nice. And he just kind of, you know, he didn't have to do this. And he pulled me aside. And he just gave me advice. And he talked to me. We talked about Eddie. And that's why I do the Frog Splash. I did it because of him. Yeah. And he was saying, like, you know, he oh, in, indirectly was like, hey, man, like, gave me permission to do the frog splash and that was really cool and then we saw him again at AEW and he came up to us he remembered us we were calling our match and he came over and just introduced himself again he was that's you know, pretty awesome guys. and to me I was like dude like that's this is as close as I'm going to get to meeting Eddie between him and Vicky and being a fan of both of them it's even cooler to know like oh like he knows me now like that's so cool to mm. me Nah, that's awesome that you got to have that moment and literally be allowed to do the frog badge, which I think is one of the coolest moves in wrestling history. Just before I talk about you both getting into wrestling business, Hunter, what is your favourite John Cena film? Just because you declared your love for him. <laughs> yeah, what's your favourite? Jeez, um, there was one. Yeah, I mean, the recent Suicide Squad's a very good one. Um, I do like that Don't one say that. Not say that, yeah. Um, I do I do like his presence in that. He has some funny moments. But there was a movie that really stuck with me as a child. Jesus. And I can't remember the name of it. The but Marine? Was, the Marine, 12 rounds. 12 rounds. 12 rounds. That was like, there was a, like a bus. It's not that there. bad. I mean, it's not very good, but it's nowhere near as bad as the other films WWE made. Yes, yes, exactly. So that was just one that really stuck with me that I really remembered as a kid too. Like, oh my God, it's John Cena. You know what I mean? Um, but I really, really did enjoy his acting in the previous film too, Suicide Squad. Twelve Rounds Two isn't that. that bad either with Randy Orton. Like those those movies weren't that bad. Like they were bad, but they weren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're, they're bad, but you kind of enjoy it because oh look, it's Randy Orton. Oh look, it's, it's yeah. Austin. Like in the Condemned, like you just you know because we're wrestling fans. But I think just like a casual film guy well, would be like, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're all marks. It's great. <laughs> uh, just before I talk about your. Um, decision to become pro wrestlers do you have any other interests or sort of hobbies other than wrestling 
You go first. Oh, yeah. yeah. So one thing we both share is we both love video games. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to play that much with this giant cast on my hand. I got a PS5, and then two weeks later, I got in the cast. So I've barely been able to play it, and that sucks. That is torture. Uh, that yeah. is torture. Sitting there. Uh, but yeah, we both share a love video games. I'm a big collector. Um, I collect figures. I collect uh, Funko Pops. I collect uh, cards. Big collector guy. What kind of figures? I've got to ask. I mean, Funko Pops, I tried and I got bored. But figures, obviously, I, I, I'm a nerd. So I want to hear yeah. about it. Uh, big Power Rangers collector. That's mainly what I collect. Uh, Spider-Man figures. Love Spider-Man. So, like, they re-released the No spoilers, old please. I will be watching yes, that. No, no spoilers. Uh, I, uh, the older figures that I collected when I was a kid, they remade them. Yeah. It's like the Marvel Legends line. So, I've been buying those. And then I specific AEW ones. Like, right now, the only one I have is the LJ and Cody, just because it's Cody and it's a special figure. Like, that's why I bought it. I just kind of chase hunt for those figures. Mm -hmm. But they're starting to release people who have been coaches for us. Like Ricky Starks is getting his own figure. So I'll, I'll definitely get that. And when they do the Dark Order, I'll get a 5 and 10 one. If Q QT gets one, hopefully he does. I'll buy his. Have you not got any um, old Billy Gunn figures? Like I don't. I don't. I used we, to we'll have, be talking about that later. But Yeah. I used to have so many figures when I was a kid. And then like when I – there was a time where I just didn't collect anymore. So mm -hmm. I kind of just like gave them away to like – Kids, kids that needed kids who didn't have toys. I just had a whole bunch and we just kind of gave them away. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Hunter? So, like he said, you know, I'm a big video game guy. Um, I like to play Call of Duty, all those series. Um, I really don't do too much. It's just work, gym, eat, sleep, repeat every day. Um, yeah, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> trademark that, you know. Uh, but I used to be a big fisher. And um, since I moved to Georgia, I kind of lacked that. Um, I was a big outdoors guy from Pennsylvania. So, nice. Um, but yeah, I was really big into fishing. Um, like I said, I haven't really been doing it much over the past year, but hopefully that's something that I can pick up and start doing again in the future. You want to go fishing? Yes, yes. We can go fishing. Absolutely. I'll take you fishing. I need, I need. We could do like another episode and I'll just watch you guys fish and I'll do the commentary. It's <laughs> <laughs> a live stream of fishing. It's always the first, man. It's always the first. No, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. So I'm going to ask the question, what made you both want to become a professional wrestler? So, um, like I kind of already started saying with the previous answer that I gave you for uh, when I got into wrestling, yeah. uh, just seeing the, all the different promotions out there other than WWE, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, there might actually be a chance because growing up, I was like, oh, in WWE, you have to be 6'5", 300, like you got to be a big guy. And I was yeah. always like medium size, like not the biggest, not the smallest. Um, so I was like, I don't really think I would have a chance. But then I saw this whole other world of wrestling. I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe maybe I can actually make something out of it. And there's always been a drive in me, too, that, like, I know that I can do this. As long as I put everything that I have into it, I know that something will come out of it. Yeah. So last year in the summertime, um, I was scrolling through Twitter. And we both have the same experience with this. Just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw the Nightmare Factory. Um, I clicked the link, filled out the application. Uh, about two weeks later, I was in the shower, missed a phone call, got out of the shower and got a voicemail. I was like, hey, this is QT from the Nightmare Factory. Um, just give me a call back when you can. Talked to QT, told me I was in. I was like, all right, let's do it. So little 20-year-old me from Pennsylvania moved down to Atlanta, and here we are. Nice, nice. Is that your story quite similar, Zara? Uh, a little bit. So I'd always, like, like, I grew up watching wrestling. It's all I ever wanted to do was be a wrestler. I was never really athletic. Like, I never played sports in high school or anything like that. I was kind of just a fat kid. Um, and then college came around, and I started playing intramurals and losing weight. And then, you know, I got a, I got a real job, and that shit sucked, and I hated it. 
And during the, right before the pandemic, me and my ex had broken up and we were dating for a while and, you know, I was pretty heartbroken. I was going through a lot. And uh, during the pandemic, when that hit, I just started working out a lot, just nothing else to do. I built a gym in my garage and I just worked and worked and worked. And I had actually thought about, uh, I wanted to not go to college and join wrestling school. My parents didn't allow that. They made me go to college. Jokes on them because, you know, look where I am now. Uh, but anyway, I had looked into a school, didn't end up going, went to college, did all that. And then yeah, during the pandemic, I just, I worked, worked out real hard because there was literally nothing else to do. And I didn't have social media. The only thing I had was Reddit because when I was, you know, going through a bad point in your life, social media is the only thing you probably shouldn't be doing. Can be toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just had Reddit just to keep up with wrestling. And one night I was laying in bed and someone had posted about the Nightmare Factory. And I was like, that'd be really cool. Like the guy who got me back into wrestling, learning from him. And I looked into the school and I was like, I started to apply and I was like, I'm not going to get in. So I didn't apply. And I was like, you know, screw it. Like what happens if they say, no, you're in the same, you'd be in the same position you are now. So just do it. I did it. And I didn't hear back for a couple of weeks. Just do it. Okay. You're going to come at me earlier for these trademarks and you're going to say, just do it. Yours was a little bit on brand there, guy. Continue. Just do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I applied and I was making a TikTok at the time and my phone rang and I recognized the number because I'm from Jersey and it was a New Jersey number. And I was you know, I answered it. It's like, hey, this is QT from the Nightmare Factory. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, he they offered it to me. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And he was like, this is a big decision. Don't you want a little time to talk to your family? And I was like, nope. He was like, are you sure? Like, you're, you're just going to say yes, not tell him you <laughs> down from Jersey to Atlanta. And I was like, when's it start? It's like September 21st. And I was like, I'll see you in a month, coach. Thanks. And I hung up and I went downstairs and I was like, hey. QT called, Nightmare Factory. I got in. I'm moving to Georgia next month. And they were just like, what? Hey, y'all. Uh, just just confirm, by the way, this was all in the pandemic. Yes. That's mental. Yeah, That is actually mental. But it's also, I love hearing that because obviously the pandemic has been quite dark and gloomy. But to hear this story, both getting accepted into the Nightmare Factory, which, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, you, you're going to know of it, especially if you watch AEW. Uh, what they've been producing, what it's all about, and what they're associated with. I mean, yeah. awesome lads. That is, you ha didn't have a clue who each other were before the Nightmare Factory, did you? No, we didn't. We met the second day too, the yeah. second day of practice. And we just kind of hit it off. Yep. And people always assume like, oh, we must have known each other for forever. Yeah, so, yeah. We happened to meet each other in the camp, and we're literally the same person. We grew up two hours away from each other. Like never knew each other or anything, and just one of our friends at the school, like up until three months ago, thought we were actually brothers. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, we're enough, just good friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Not bonkers, man. No, it's yeah. just like I mean, we all talk about the rest of them as well, but like just the chemistry you have, just even just this, based on this interview alone, like you just it, like like lifelong friends or cousins or something. Just it's, yeah. no, I mean that's that's a, that's a really big compliment. Like just how are you two connect, even though you only know each other for what like a year or so. Um, yeah, that's, that is awesome. So I want to talk about the Nightmare Factory, where it's uh, run by QT Marshall, uh, other coaches as well, which I want to talk about, and Cody Rhodes, who you both said, um, I know you said Hunter uh, got you back to wrestling, but I want to know, what was your first impression of the school? So the first day walking in, it was very nerve-wracking, very, very nerve-wracking. You walk into this beautiful weight room with mm -hmm. tons of equipment, keep walking farther and you see this beautiful facility with the huge turf field, all these batting cages for sports and stuff like that. And then you look to the right and there's four wrestling rings, four of them. 
So you're looking around like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is heaven. So at the same time, though, this is the first time that you're meeting all these people and mm -hmm. it's in a very like closed off room. You know, Cody's there, QT's there. So we're all very nervous just sitting in the chairs. But literally like right after that night, going to the second, third day, everybody became a family. Um, like he said, I met him the second day. Him and I just clicked like that. Um, and we became best friends ever since, obviously. You know, the greatest tag team. Greatest tag team. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful place to be. You know, you really can't ask to be trained by better. Um, mm. QT, Cody, you got coach Luke, Glacier, Luther, Baron Black pops in, 5'10", Ricky Starks. There's so many people that you get to learn from by training at this school that you really can't ask for a better start in professional wrestling. That is yeah. awesome. You're trained by Glacier, by the way. Just like yeah. old school fan, but I've heard he's a really good coach, to be fair. ESF, big Glacier. Yeah. So, you know, Huge. half of who we are today is because Huge. of the time he took out of his his busy schedule to help two jobbers like us <laughs> just figure it out. Yes. But, That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah. Similar to him. So I'm a very like I have anxiety, I have depression, big, you know, big mental health guy. Usually something like this would have caused me to just be very anxious, very nervous. But I remember literally when I got in the car to move down here, I left at like 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Wasn't nervous at all. I had moved down here a week before just kind of get acclimated. And then when I got to the school, I was expecting to be real nervous. But I just walked in. I saw everybody. I sat down and I was just looking at all the rings and the giant Nightmare Factory logo. And I was like, oh, I'm not nervous. This is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is where I'm supposed like to be. Home, in a yeah, way. Like, I'm home. It was, it was just kind of a surreal moment. I was like, I made the right decision. I, I don't care what happens in the next 12 weeks. Like, being here, I made the right decision. And the only thing it was, that was nerve-wracking, I guess, is 25 of us strangers just sitting there that, waiting yeah, for that Cody was the and QC. And no one's talking. Yeah. Like, no one's gone up to anybody to say hello or introduce themselves. Yeah. So no one was tempted to even get in the ring. Just, just like some elbow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just sitting there. And uh, I remember I looked to my left, and my friend Carly Bravo, who I always say is my day one friend, because he's the first person I ever talked to, he was wearing some babe Adidas. And I just looked at him, and I was like, yo, you got babe on? And he just looked at me, and he was like, good eye. And we just started talking. And it was funny, the people I hit it off the, the fastest with were Carly, who's from New York, Hunter, who's from PA, and Hayden, who's from New York. So it's just kind of like that New York, New Jersey, that tri-state mm -hmm. area vibe that kind of just brought all together real fast. Ah, awesome, awesome, man. So I've seen the images. I've seen footage of it. It looks like state-of-the-art. looks, ah, oh, it looks oh, top-notch. Just looks unreal. Strength and conditioning from Coach Ian. When we did it, we had three hours of strength and conditioning and then three hours of in-ring training, four days a week. Like, they prepare – the things they prepare you for there – I can't say enough. And it's not just the in-ring training and the strength training. It's like they tell you how to make it in the business, what you need to do to start off, like yeah. how to put a resume for yourself, yep. how to promo contact class. promoters, promo class, like he said. There's just so many behind-the-scenes things to the business that they tell you about, and they get you ready to go off on your own and do these things. What did you both find to be some of the biggest challenges in your training at the night? Because I, I know you're, you are, you're still there. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So just... Uh, we're going to, back to the beginning. Um, what were some of your biggest challenges in the early days of training? So we probably, we had the same challenge, I would say. I uh, guess, yeah. We both got COVID at the same time during our 12-week camp. And oh, it, was right, it was right in the middle of the camp, right when things were picking up. Like, yeah. and there's like, who's, who's picking up really yeah. quick and who's, you know what I mean? Um, 
And so we were just sitting at home because, you know, you have to isolate yourself for so long. And we're just sitting there like, man, we're missing out on so much right now. Like, we're going to be so behind from everybody else. You know, we're trying as hard as we can to stay in the game, watching wrestling at home while we can, you know, contacting people who are at training. It's like, hey, what'd you guys do today? What'd you do today? Can you help us? I love that. I love that. Like, just trying to stay involved when we couldn't stay involved. We were going to bring my mattress into the living room to start taking bumps. Literally. I was asympt asymptomatic, thankfully. So I was running sprints in the backyard, but I was my old friend was dying in the back. I was dying. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's a very similar experience on that end. Um, yeah. I don't know I, yeah. I'd probably just say that and just, I guess the confidence and trying to trying to stand out without yeah. being like show offy like we I, I guess we kind of have like this confidence level like we knew we could do it and I think it kind of hit when we came back from COVID mm -hmm. we had missed like a lot of the basic stuff like we missed out on all of it and we had asked to stay after camp to just kind of go over those things so we missed two weeks that's six practices seven practices we missed and we just, you know, we went like, hey, can we stay late? Just go over the things. Like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll see how you do in the ring first. And uh, they were like, here, here's what you missed. We went into our own ring, did it real quick, ran through practice, then went up to QT and we're like, hey, can, you know, so like, you want to get in a ring with us? He was like, no, nah, you guys are fine. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, I watched you today. The so both of you are already ahead of like 90% of the class. You don't yeah. need to, you don't need to stay after and train. You got it ready. And I think that's our moment where we were like, Oh, can we actually do this? Yeah. We can actually do this. Um, yeah. you, you both mentioned, well, I think you mentioned about getting to know each other and hitting it off from day two. Who actually came up with a decision to pair you both up and make you a tag team? So that was actually beyond our knowledge yeah. that any of that was happening. Like, so uh, two weeks in, three weeks in, I was staying on an Airbnb at the beginning of the camp. Mm -hmm. um, things happened, the Airbnb didn't work out anymore. And I was like, shoot, where, where am I going to stay? I was getting ready to stay in my car in Walmart. You know, I was getting prepared for anything. Um, but he was like, dude, just come stay with me. I was like, you sure? And he was like, yeah, dude, of course. So um, I ended up staying with him. We That's when we became really, really close because, you know, I saw this idiot every night. So I had to talk to him. Um, but yeah, we, we just talked and got really, really close. And towards the end of camp, when they were putting the showcase together, um, I was actually expecting to wrestle a singles match. And um, he was expected to be in the tag match. And we didn't know who we were facing. Um, and then I believe it was like the week of, right? Yeah. The week of, they brought out the board with the match card, and we saw our names as a tag team. Like, no way that happened because we really wanted it to happen. Like, that was that was our goal. And yeah. whenever we brought it out and we saw our names on there, we were like, oh, my gosh, it happened. I remember this look of joy between me, him, Josh Breezy, and Jacob Thrasher, who at the time were the nice guys, because we kind of had, from what we understood, it, it was going to be the mm -hmm. three of us, not Hunter and someone else. But we wanted it to be us two versus them two. And I remember they brought the board out and they announced the match. And somehow all four of us looked at each other at the same time, just like, <gasps> mm -hmm. and we were just so happy. So it's like they are paying attention as well, not just sort of yeah. what's, what you're training, but just seeing how you actually connect in yeah, chemistry. Yeah. I like that. I like, did they have any, I know obviously you guys are called TSF, but was there any other names? that you can share on here that might have been thrown around, not just necessarily by yourselves, but by the coaches? No, I, they, didn't, they didn't help us with the names at all. That was up to us. Yeah, we had uh, our, our first initial thought, I think, because during our time oh with God. COVID, we filmed the promo. You still have to try to find this in your Dude, I, I do, I do. I have, I have. <laughs> um, we filmed the promo during one of the promo classes that we missed in his closet. 
and it was like a really really like darkish dark-esque promo like completely yeah. different characters than who we are today. yeah real and different. i believe we called ourselves the saviors um, or something like that something I, I think it was lines. the saviors shout out david ali um but yeah so there's been many different changes but right after the showcase i think like during our match whenever we got to actually work together for the first time that's when it clicked like we were like okay this is us so we're gonna be us yeah, yeah and we didn't have a name for our first match. We just went by the tag team of mm-hmm. Hunter Knott and Rosario Grillo. And then when we had moved back, I, I think like while we were both home for, for the holidays, we were like, do we want to do singles? Do we want to do tag? Like, you know, everyone was complimenting us at the showcase. Like, I can't believe that was your first match. Your guys' chemistry together was really good. Your character work was like superb for no reason at all. So we were like, you know, we could do singles if you want. Because he wanted to be, he wanted to be face. I wanted to be heel. And then we were like, listen, like, let's just try this out. Let's just try being a tag team, see how it goes. If it doesn't work, who cares? Like, we can just break up. We can go do our own thing. Yeah. And then it was also the battle of, okay, now we face tag team or we heal tag team. And I was like, hey, just trust me. Just please trust me. Let's just be healed. See how it goes. If you really hate it, I don't mind being faced. And during that time, too, we actually figured out our tag name. There yes. is a real meaning to TSF. Just nobody's ever... Nobody's uh, no, crack the I don't expect anybody to ever figure yeah. it out. Yeah, and it was kind of one of those things where, like we were like, oh, no, not this, but this, or maybe this, I don't know. And then we came up to it and we're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And I think we were both like, what if we just called us TSF and they just told no one? Mm-hmm. And I think that was like, yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Because we as wrestling fans, we all we have to know everything. Yeah, People come to our merch table at the shows and they're just like, so what does TSS stand for? I'm like, I don't know, maybe by 8 by 10 and we'll tell you. We like trying to... <laughs> nice. Smart fellas. We, we try to engage with our audiences, like, and our fans. Like, we want to make them feel involved with the work that we do. Like, yeah. every every show that we work, we're trying to get them behind us and with us. Because there's no there's no TSF without fans. There's yes. no wrestlers without wrestling The fans. superior fans. Yeah. yeah. See? See, now we like the fans. That's yeah. how, you see, we keep the ball rolling. The superior fans. Just keep going up and up. But, yeah, there's no fans. There's no us without fans because they make the show. Mm. And, then, you know, there was, oh, we pay your contract. No, you don't. But, like, you do, kind of. Like, if there's no us, if, there, if you're not coming to the shows, we're not selling tickets, we're not getting paid, we're not selling merch, we're not getting paid. It's so, like, we need fans, and the fans want to the, – the biggest thanks we can give to them is letting them be a part of this. I like that. They really had it sort of explained that way. I mean, that's myself as a fan, but podcast as well. I can relate to that. Like we, we, we provide the money, but at the end of the day, you're putting your body on the line for us, for our yes. entertainment. So yeah. it's just got to work both ways. We've got to show respect to you as well. Um, and as you would to the fans as well. But I mean, if I was to pay extra, would you tell me what TSF stands for? <laughs> what about? Honestly, maybe. We'll just start with <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to let it go, lads. Lads, I'm not going to let it go. It'll just keep going up. Oh, my God. It's like an NFT. Yes. TSF, NFT. <laughs> I'm, I'm not into that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry. <laughs> if anyone is, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe that. <laughs> but, no, nah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, As you both mentioned about, like, who your favorite wrestlers growing up, Eddie and John Cena. I am hopefully pointing the right way when I do edit it, but if you could mention some of your favorite tag teams that you feel that you've had to sort of look into research that have influenced your style, you know, that helps. We easily have the same number one. Yeah. And it's FTR yep. by a million. We yep. were they are so good. FTR, guys. They're our, our, one of our dream matches is to be able to face them. They're just so smart. And they have that natural chemistry too. Like obviously you have chemistry of, 
the Bucks and the Lucha Bros because they're actual brothers. So they have that chemistry. But yeah, FTR has like that same chemistry that we have. Or like they're they're not blood brothers. Like they're they chose to be brothers. They chose yeah. to be attacked and they chose to be as close as they are. Yeah. And their chemistry without even talking to each other is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just what you know we model ourselves after them. And another person close up with another tag close up in this is like he said, the young bucks. Um, we try to do something with our work where we like to mimic old style wrestling and new style wrestling. We like to call it the TSF style. We call it TSF style. Um, so, cool. sorry. Because, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, FTR has that, the old style moveset. The young bucks are always bringing new stuff into the game. So we like to, yes, crazy stuff. So we like to just kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. We're big storytellers. We like to tell that story, but there's a cool move that we can do. You best bet we're going to do that. I love, man. I love the Bucks. I love FTR. I mean, seeing the Bucks live when they came down to the UK a couple of years ago, what an experience that was. Yeah, but like there's always other tag teams too, like DIY. That's another big, big DIY players. fan. Arn and Tully back in the day. Midnight, Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. Steiners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, there's so many. Rockers, yeah. I just feel like, I mean, on the other company, I mean, sometimes I think tag team has become a bit of a lost art, which is an absolute shame. And that's one thing AEW is just excelling at, is tag team wrestling. Yes. When tag team wrestling is done right, it's the most beautiful wrestling. Because, like, singles wrestling, it is hard. Because it, it's one-on-one. You have no one else to play up but your opponent. Mm-hmm. But people also don't realize, like, in a singles match, like, yes, it's one-on-one, but you also have the ref. So there's three people in the ring to but then when you have a tag match, there's five people in the ring that mm-hmm. all have to be on the same page. You're like, just there's so many times when him and I don't even have to say anything, and we know what the other person wants them to do, and we have the ref play into it with us. It's like when that's when when all five people get the same cylinder and have a great match. There's nothing more beautiful than tag team wrestling. Yep. What would you say makes you guys different to every other tag team in wrestling right now? So personally, um, I think we do a really good job with keeping up with um, the era now, like the generation nowadays, because like I said, I'm 21 years old. So I try to keep up to date with what's going on on social media, what people are liking on social media, mm-hmm. what people are liking, like what apps people are getting introduced to. So I think staying involved with the fans throughout that type of process is something that we do better than most. Yeah. Um, we're always thinking of ways that we can put new content out, like whether it's a promo on Twitter, whether it's a promo on Facebook, mm-hmm. or your vlogs as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Funny pictures that we can make to make people laugh. Like we're always thinking about rest, uh, how we can get better, new moves we can do, this promo we can cut, like I've said before. Like we are mindset on wrestling 24-7. And I think that's how we stand out compared to most. Yeah, and that's one of the best things about living together is like we're – we're in the same house. So if we have an idea, I just walk upstairs and go, hey, what do you think about this? Or, I, or he'll do the same. Like, hey, what if we did this instead of this? Or we shot this promo this way instead of this way. So our brains are never turned off from this. And there's times where I'll be laying in bed and I'll just be quiet. And mm-hmm. my girlfriend will be like, what are you thinking about? And I'm just like, I'm trying to think about this new move me and Hunter can do. She's like, it's one in the morning. Just go to bed. Like, I, I was like, hey, just remind me tomorrow. I'm going to forget. But like, this is what I can do. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're always active on social media, like mm. engaging with the fans, just tweeting out new t-shirt ideas, new merch ideas, our TSF approved sticker where we approve whatever the hell we want. And mm. people, people reach out to us, like, hey, how can I get a TSF? Yeah, def, taxes, TSF, like, there just, you go. Yeah. Things. So I, I would say just 
our, our social media game, our creativity game, but and again, to bring it full circle, just our connection in the ring, just mm. how we're able to communicate without talking to each other and also bring mm. the fans into the match. Because some people just go out there, yeah. have their match, hit their spot, go home. We'll, we'll spend five minutes of the match in the beginning just yelling at the fan on the front yeah. row who won't shut up. Yeah, just making him feel like he's in the moment. And like he yeah. said, like, we both feel like we were made for this. Like, yeah. we have to drive compared to nobody else. Like, we're, we're going to make it. Yes. There's some things you just cannot fake, and that's chemistry, and that's partnership, and that's just friendship that shows, you know, on the screen. And I can see it with you guys. Uh, one, I've got to ask this question, just on my head, right? And the reason I'm asking is because I remember Sherry Martell said it in the Shawn Michaels uh, documentary that came out about 15 years ago. Um, she said that Marty and Sean used to, with the old LGN figures, used to mm -hmm. practice moves with them. Like, <laughs> have you guys, be honest, ever done that? Oh, this will look good. Here's Spider Man and here's Cody. I just, <laughs> have you ever tried it? Not now, no, but kids, yes. I feel like if we had access to everything, we absolutely probably, probably would. would be. The biggest thing we like to do is like, we have a really big family room. That's where we're in now. We'll yeah. just literally push all the furniture aside. So like, hey, I got a new move. Can you come here real quick? Yeah. And like, we'll practice the mechanics of the move. Mm. Like, there's so many times where we just run spots in the house. Yeah. Like, spotlight. the first time I ever took a Canadian destroyer was right over here onto our futon. On my oh, I'd hate to be on <laughs> Right. So we just always wrestle in the house. We're just always doing strike exchanges. Yeah. We're super kicking each other. We're, just, we're always working, even when we're not working. Can I move in? This sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's quality, man. Just the fact that's non-stop and practicing moves in the front room, Canadian destroyer. I mean, I, I can't try it now because my land will probably kick off. But yeah. there was one time <laughs> our, all our curtains were open, and yeah. the three of us were putting heat on our other roommate Jen because she like wanted to practice, and we're literally just beating the shit out of her in our family room. <laughs> and our curtains are wide open, and we're like, it's cold <laughs> looking right now. They could just call the cops and yeah. they're going to jail for forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no. Oh, that's awesome, lads. That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask now. Right, AEW. Let's discuss yeah. that. So, how, before you actually entered AEW and, like, appeared on it um, a few times uh, this year, I mean, that's an achievement, so, but how long had you actually been wrestling for? So, um, like we described earlier, we had that three-month camp, and that was yeah. the beginning of our wrestling careers. And yeah. now that was strictly training. Um, we didn't have experience with going out and working in front of a crowd or any mm -hmm. of that. Stuff. So it was just strictly the fundamentals and how to do things. Um, the showcase was our first match, but again, it wasn't like, wasn't in front of a crowd that you want to try to engage to. So yeah. it's a different experience. It's like a studio audience compared to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then we took our first, I think, independent date. When was it? March 26th of this year. March 26th. So we took our first independent date, March 26th, and I believe our first... Was the end of June. I think right? it was the last week of June and it appeared the first week of July. Yeah. I believe that's... I think July... I think June 29th or something like mm -hmm. that. The, fir the first one, that was against Spears and Wardlow, wasn't it? The yeah. First yeah. 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 So I, think we, I think that was the first time we were there as actual wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So about three months on the indie scene before we got called up. That's mental. That is absolutely yeah. mental. I mean, some people just, I like mean, it's in a, like in a harsh way, but sort of, you know, realistic way. Some people just wouldn't, may not, never get that chance. And for you two, to, like lifelong wrestling fans to achieve that, I mean, I've got to ask, I mean, 
AEW looks like a fantastic place to be. Looks like yes. it has a great atmosphere, but you both were there. So if you can both tell me um, in separate ways, how was your experience in All Elite Wrestling? Phenomenal. Yeah, it's just an amazing experience. Getting the experience, being at such a big stage and just seeing how things work is, mm -hmm. is so tremendous for us. That way it prepares us for whatever this crazy wrestling journey may take us. Like we got to see what it's like to be on the big stage. And it, it's, I mean, besides the thousands of fans and the mm -hmm. level of production, like, you know, the same as wrestling somewhere else. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's still wrestling, but yeah. it's at such a higher level. And mm -hmm. the things we learned while wrestling there have helped us achieve or succeed on the Indies so well and so fast. Like we said, three months before we had gotten called up, it, people have been wrestling for 20 years and haven't had that opportunity. And we're mm. very fortunate. We, we definitely attribute it to, obviously, our training. Mm. But, like, we we worked really hard on the we're Indies. We're working our asses off. You're representing QT and the Nightmare yes. Factory. I mean, I if, if he's, so not, just, he's not just going to put you on TV if he doesn't trust you. You know, you exactly. are representing him. It's a bad reputation if you came across. Well, you didn't. And I've seen all your yeah. matches really well. But if you had, then hold the plug. Yeah. There was, I think, five people from the first camp who got called up before us. Mm -hmm. And not to say that put a chip on our shoulder because it's not like we were, we had like we weren't uh, promised anything or like we, yeah. well, there was no reason for us to be there at that yeah. time. Yeah. So we we went on the Indies and we worked hard to get noticed. So like you know we don't at the end of the day everyone's gonna say oh you're Cody's guy you're QT's guy that's why you're here. We don't want that. We want everyone to be like no they worked their ass off mm. to get the spot with or without the favoritism they're here because they worked hard. Like you said, forty matches this in seven months eight months and that's with having this cast on for two months still working with that traveling to eight different states uh long in, car rides long car rides just just to get a just to get any face time nice for for professional wrestling. like it's just yeah. the commitment that you have to do i mean i'm not i'm not gonna say oh i can write because i'm not a wrestler i'm a podcaster but i respect anyone that does it like yourselves yeah and the fact that, I mean, I thought you put in a good showcase. You sold your asses off. Um, yeah. oh, what match was there? I think it was it was against the Gun Club. And just, oh, yeah. Dude, that was fun. Uh, I mean, did any of you mark out, by the way? It's like, it's Billy fucking Gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, when, wow. he, when he hit me with that punch, I was on the ground. I was like, I was got knocked out by Billy Gun. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, just, you know, growing up being a fan of TX and getting in trouble because you're telling your friends to suck it. Like, and then being yep. in the ring with Mr. Ass and the Ass Boys, wild. What is his secret, by the way? He's nearly 60 and he's just hey, an animal. I don't know, but I need it. Yeah, I wish we knew. <laughs> I really, really wish we knew. I wish I looked a quarter of as good as yeah. he does. No! And, like, he can still move so fucking well. Yeah. It's oh, it's mental. I mean, like, a few other people you met have wrestled um, 2.0. I think they're hilarious, but a really good tag yeah. team. Were they good? Yeah, uh, we love them. They're so nice. They they took care of us. They're, they're they don't get enough recognition for how good they are. I think they're they're I'm so glad they did come to AEW. Yeah, we just saw Matt uh, last weekend at Deadlock Pro up in North Carolina, which was an unbelievable experience. And just to get pointers from him was really cool. A bit of the blade. How were they? Were they good? They look quite intimidating, but I can imagine them being quite nice outside the ring. Yeah, big, big, scary boys in the ring. Mm -hmm. But uh, like you said, I said, very nice. The only one that wasn't televised, the acclaimed. Yes. Um, 
obviously Matt Caster with his raps, Bowen's work rate's unreal. How are they? Obviously, that's, that's a match that I, I yeah, never cool. will see. Yeah, do so, tell, do I, tell. so my one of my good friends who I used to work with, Jarrett, he grew mm -hmm. up with Anthony in Jersey because Bowen's is a Jersey boy. So they grew up together and they were friends. So the first time I had met Bowen's, I introduced myself and I was like, I'm friends with Jared Shaq. And he was like, wait, what? You know Jared? And I was like, yeah, we actually worked together for a really long time. He was my boss. So we kind of connected on that. So every time I get to see him, it's like, it's cool that like we had that little connection and that helped us gain a bigger connection. Yeah. And, and when they say everybody loves the acclaimed, everybody loves the acclaimed. Like if you don't, you're just stupid. They are amazing. They're awesome. Have you and um, Bowens, by the way, Talk to Power Rangers because I know he's a massive Power Ranger fan. We have. I uh, there was one figure I saw. He was on Ethan Page's toy hunt, and he was looking for the uh, the flip head White Ranger figure, which is a uh, holy grail in Power Rangers. Saw the price they got quoted on that. <laughs> yeah, the price on that is insane. And I happened to be going to a Power Rangers convention the weekend that came out, and I was talking to him about it, like trying to see what he wanted. I was going to look out for some stuff. But yeah, we mm -hmm. have talked to Ranger so. I've talked to Ethan Page about it too because he's a big chalk line guy and they have a big Power Rangers line too. I love chalk line. Some stuff. I've got like a couple of like NWO shorts, um, but I do obviously wear. It's not as easy for me to get being in the UK. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, boring. <laughs> Sorry, don't I just put myself down like that? Um, that's cool. Is there anyone else? Because um, I know you've got to be professional, but at the same time, was there anyone that sort of made you turn your head backstage? Like, oh shit, CM Punk. Oh shit, it's Jericho. You know, that sort of reaction that you both had, or you just both like, I'm going to beat him one day, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's it's almost like that, because we're, we're at the point now where we feel like we're wrestlers. Like, yeah. we, we belong. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, like, we, we feel like this is our job. Yeah. So, like, seeing him, like, oh, yeah, wow. Like, I used to love you as a kid, but, hey, like, I hope I beat you one day. So, it's, it's one of those types of deals now. Yeah, I think... It was just like seeing Punk backstage in Chicago when we wrestled 2.0. I was just like, fucking CM Punk. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Then you just go about your day. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Did you um, pick anyone's brains in terms of knowledge or advice that you hadn't really interacted with before? So the most that we really get from is from our school, actually, and that would be Glacier and Luther. Um, we pick their minds so, so, so much because Luther has been just about everywhere you can imagine. Yeah. Glacier had a hell of a run when he was doing his thing. So just getting to learn from them and just like these little small things that make them so much better as a tag team and just as wrestlers, like it's unimaginable. Yeah. And I would say just when we're, when we're there, it's, you know, quiet as a church mouth, stay out of the way until you're needed. We, last thing us we, we want to do as extras is to bother anybody yeah, yeah when they're trying to get ready for something be in the wrong spot at the wrong time so we just you know if we don't have a match just, hey how can i help do you need any help nope cool all right i'll be over there in that corner away from everybody if you need me yeah oh, i swear that you both got your head screwed on there's me just being an absolute mark like hey <laughs> <laughs> look in my eyes so um but that's awesome i love that you both really do like glacier don't you i mean i've ever seen him i think it was uh Oh, what's the pay per view called? All in, and he comes out of Cody. It's just like, oh shit, it's Glacier. Just like, yeah, it's, it's... I was there for that too. I was, I have four seats for that, so that's why wrestling in Chicago for us was really cool because I oh, nice. went to that as a fan, and then three mm -hmm. years later, I got to wrestle in that same building the same weekend. Oh, such that was such a game changer of a pay per view. There's only yeah. certain amount of pay per views you get, and that was one of those. Like, I think a lot of fans and wrestlers can just look back and say. 
something special happened there. And obviously that's why we're able to talk about AEW and you guys being there. Um, just a few more questions and then I'll let your boys enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Is that afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> just got to double check. Just got to double check. Um, I'll ask. It's a random question, but I think it might be interesting. If you both separated and could pick your own partner and you've got to face each other, past or present, who would you pick and why? That's a fun question. And I think you know which side's going to be which here. So choose your answer. Got a feeling, but, but remember, you, like, we've got to kind of kayfabe a little bit. You've got, you've got to get the win. You've got to be yeah. a tag team. You can't be, you've got to think, is he going to turn on me? Is he going to work with me? Yeah, I, I, have, a, I have a match in my head, though. Go ahead, go ahead. I think just me being what the generation I grew up in, the people that I saw mainly. Um, I think me and Cena versus him and Punk would be a really fun match. Like like when they were at their main in the Money in the Bank doing that yeah. stuff together. I think that would be a really 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 cool match. There's I mean there's so many cool options. I think like there's personal ones of like you and Dean versus me and Carly, or yeah. me and Dean versus you and Carly. Like, People mm. from our camp. Just yeah, like, it doesn't have to be like yeah, um, I mean, yeah big yeah, stars running. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the possibilities are endless. Oh, yeah. Oh, going yeah. On. oh. That's why I'm trying to break you guys up, by the way. I'm not staring anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hilarious. This is a quadruple joint match. Ah. Me and Gargano versus him and Austin Theory. Mm. I feel yeah. like I am speaking to Gargano right now. Like, does anyone, has anyone told you, by the way? I don't know, maybe, that you do look a bit like him? Or I, I think your reaction says, oh, you, you do look a bit like him. Yeah, we get uh, we get the makeshift way a lot. We get the the wish version of the way. So he, <laughs> theory and I'm going to get that. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, there we, it is. we get that a lot. I remember we did a championship wrestling from Atlanta. And, you know, we did our entrance around the ring. And we just hear people to our right just chirping at us, calling us Gargano in theory. And I was just like, come on, man. Can't we just, like, just for once just not talk about this? And it doesn't help it doesn't help that like when I wrestle in a sales match, I do half of Gargano's moves anyway. So that can that does but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna lean into it. I'm just gonna lean into it. <laughs> Sorry, the way fish dot So I need to be I need to be the professional host. I do apologize. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? I can stop the fans from ever calling that again if you tell me what TSF stands for. Oof. I don't know. Hey, keep calling me because you know, Johnny, I got I got something coming. I got something on the way. Oh, no pun intended. Or pun intended. Oh, what have you got in the way? What have you got oh, in the way? We'll find out next month. We'll find out next month. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Because obviously he's no longer with WWE. So uh, he's, I bet he's got a long list. Hopefully you guys are on that list. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, actually, I think you just mentioned it. Championship Wrestling from Memphis. Uh, they're pretty well known. Both did a match, you both did a match there. How was that? It was a it was a different experience. It it yeah. was you know somewhere in between like the level of production of an AEW, but also mm -hmm. the same time as an indie show. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fun. It was it was a new experience for us. Uh, we had a good time. No, ah, that's good, man. I did watch the match. That's pretty good. Um, future goals uh, as a tag team. I'm going to ask, what have you got lined up for 2022? 2022, we are trying to go as many places as we can. Um, we've been decent amount of places down in the south here you know georgia florida tennessee alabama but we're trying to go back up home like we're trying to go to new york we're trying to go mm. to New Jersey, pennsylvania we want to go out west we want to hit california oregon we colorado, want to colorado utah. utah literally anywhere overseas freaking mexico it does not matter we just want to keep getting <laughs> yeah yeah no, Sorry, we back off right back off 
Yeah. Wait, hey, no, no, wait. heard you loud and clear. We yeah, hey, oh, hey, we'll take a go-go with us. Yeah, we'll take a go-go. Go-go, we'll hey, go-go. love it, man. I, I don't think the Americans are the biggest fan of him, but we fucking love him here. He's great. Dude, <laughs> Gogo's the best. Yes. If you don't love him, you're, you're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, I think he's quality, man. Like, I'd love to have him one day. But now he's. Songs in wrestling. What was that? He's got one of the best theme songs in wrestling. Oh, where the big Ben like I, I saw, I saw, has he actually got that as theme song? I fucking love it. But he, the yeah. thing is, like, people actually forget like he could actually knock you the fuck out. Like he's an Olympian. Oh. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> I've been on the other end of that. Nah, he's, he's awesome, man. He's awesome. So, as we are coming to an end of the episode, been, as you can tell, I'm genuinely been cracking up. So, um, yeah. it's been some really good moments in this. A uh, lot of clips I can choose from as well. Uh, a question that I tend to ask everyone now at the end. I want answer from both of you. Describe yourself in three words. How long do we have here? <laughs> Mate, we've got whatever. <laughs> let, me, let me get a kettle on. I would say, for me, charismatic endearing i just had it and i lost it and dedicated i like it uh driven caring and also charismatic makes you feel like you're in a job interview doesn't it? i like it man i love it that's <laughs> awesome. Can't so, really do a handshake right now. It's a little bit of that. I do yeah. like the handshake, whatever. That's pretty cool. I think I've got no one to fist bump. I'm, I'm lonely. We'll do it through the camera. We'll do it through the camera. Boom. There we go. Yes, <laughs> boys. I love it. Uh, I feel like I can only remember of TSF. I mean, I, I think I should, therefore, I should know what it means. Uh, well, hey, well, maybe off air. Maybe off air. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm not recording. Wink, wink. Nah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this big red dot in the corner says recording. <laughs> definitely not recording. Uh, so many tag teams, by the way. We, <laughs> we mentioned FTR, mentioned the Young Bucks, but any other tag teams that you would like to face in the future that you haven't mentioned or that may not be known? Just any names that might surprise us. We've wrestled a tag team called Country Air a few times. Uh, we love watching them. They're amazing. Yeah, the chemistry good. the four of us have, we could <laughs> literally go out there and not say a word to each other and tear the house down. Um, it's the first time we ever wrestled. Mm-hmm. Never had met each other. The first time we got in the ring together, we put on a 22-minute classic. It was our favorite match we've ever had, our longest match we've ever had. The crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Everybody mm-hmm. in the back was saying match of the night. And that's what I'm saying. Like When you wrestle a tag team who knows what they're doing, there's nothing better than tag team wrestling. I agree. Um, another up-and-coming tag team, too, and they're pretty much making their presence known as much of, I won't say the word that they are, um, the reality. Uh, keep an eye out for the upcoming Deadlock Pro episodes on YouTube. Uh, you'll see how our match went with them in North Carolina mm. last week. We want to uh, run it back with you guys. Yes, this is certainly not over. We have much, much, much more to accomplish. I hope they're going to listen to this episode. Promoters, get it done. I really liked your match, by the way, the nice guys. Uh, oh, the you. Nightmare yeah. Factory Showcase. That's a really good match. We don't like to watch it anymore. Just because, like, <laughs> watch oh, really? like, you watch your first match, you're like, oh, this is really good. And then you actually learn how to wrestle, and you're like, oh, I'm probably not going to watch that anymore. No. <laughs> I liked it. No, it's a good match. Boy, no, it was, no I, it, you know, it's always special just because it, it was for three perfect. months in. That, yeah, it, for three months that's in, what you it was. <laughs> three months. What the hell, man? Yeah, no, we, we had a good time. It, it was a pretty solid match for, yeah. for only being three months in. Like being able to see what we can do. Like back then, for us, we just we didn't really understand it, and mm. we were just doing as many moves as we can. Mm. And then finally, Glacier, like I said, we're big T. We're, he's big DSF guy. We're big Glacier guys. He's helped us out a lot. He kind of sat us down. And was like, "Hey, you guys do cool moves. 
maybe don't do many so many moves. Maybe worry about your character, worry about your fans. And then that's when it started to click for us. Oh, let's let's see how little we can do in a match. Clash is fucking awesome. I don't tolerate bad mouth from Clash. He's awesome. Just, just the character. I remember like the more combat and more is Chris Canyon's smart. It's fucking oh, I'm such a nerd. I'm really old as well, but I don't want to tell him. I told her. I bet, I bet he fucking knows what TSF means. <laughs> I, don't think he does. I don't think he does. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. I can't Oh, awesome, awesome, lads. Um, where can the listeners and the fans find you guys on social media? Plug away, boys. Um, both of our at handles are same on Twitter and Instagram. I believe mine is at H not 12. Mine's at J 23. And you can also find all of us here in the same house that we live at Dean Alexander and Kat Spencer. We have a YouTube channel called Russell house. Um, feel free to go check us out. You can kind of see our weekly adventures, what shows we're doing, uh, what goes on behind the scenes and stuff like that. You can follow that account on Twitter and Instagram at Russell house live. Uh, like you said, it's just, you know, everybody has a vlog nowadays, but, you know, it, it's kind of almost that it, it's to show fans like what we go through, but it's also like in the end of the day. I think it's cooler uh, if it's actually a wrestler, not just like, you know, because as I, I think we've discussed earlier, like the fans yeah. just are still desperate to know what you do outside of the ring. So yeah. when someone like her wrestler has it, it's always awesome. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's at, at the end of the day too it's also for us like when this is all said and done it's like memories for us to look back on like mm. the first the first indie show we did or the first wrestle house show we did or driving to all these memorable places or yeah. i do i do toy hunts on the episode like a photo yeah. album isn't it just so you yeah. can get back yeah it's just it's fun it's it's for everyone you know it's a good time and we're it's starting to catch some stream now we just hit over 100 subscribers and we just had our 24th episode out and it's just fun. It's mm. we have a great time doing it. It get you know we have guests on the show. Alan Angels on the show. Luther's on the show. Brooke Havoc. We have so many people who come in and out of the show. It's it's just a good watch. They're short episodes. Awesome, awesome guys. I'll put all the details in the description below. I will okay. plug everything that is needed just because I believe in it as well. I want to thank you both for coming on. Hey, and a fucking thank you for having us. Yes, thank thank you. you for having thank us. You, and please, you. everybody that came for us, please go follow this wonderful man on everything that he has. Um, like, sure, share, yes, subscribe. Yes, everything you can do. <laughs> ah, stop it, lad. Stop it. it. <laughs> Screen record the episodes. It doesn't. He's in the UK, so, you know, this is getting close to 10 o'clock there. He accommodated us, so please... Yes. Our fans go follow him. Yes. Oh man, much blessed, man. Obviously, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. I want to say to people later for you guys. This has been a terrific fucking episode. I've had a brilliant time. It's still eight days for you lads. It's it's pretty scary that you've literally only known each other for less than two years, yet alone wrestling for two years. And you know, the fact that you've really had the opportunity to be in AEW and traveling across America. And hopefully I get to see you guys in the UK where I will find out what TSF means. But <laughs> hey, if, we make it, if we make it over there and we see you personally, we will let you know what it means. Yeah. We will oh, you, you will, boys. You will. I will find out. For <laughs> <laughs> everyone that has listened to this episode, thank you very much. It is actually my last episode for the year. There's going to be more episodes of What You Call It podcast coming out next year. That is the first time I've actually said that. I hope everyone has a fantastic Christmas, including you two lads, because I can see the tree behind you and the AEW belt. Hopefully someone gets that for me for my Christmas. <laughs> I'll love you forever. And hopefully everyone has a cracking new year. I'll be back. You'll see these boys all over social media and in the wrestling business. But for now, everyone, 
Take care and Merry fucking Christmas. Hello there. I have a special announcement for my next guest and not Disney. I am Zoe Sager on the What Do You Call It podcast. Yeah, heard. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com.